Please note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. In the sardonic world of Broadway, how do you make a name for yourself when you're surrounded by such talent? What steps do you take to become a star? And how much do we all just want to quaff martinis with Betty Davis? Fasten your seatbelts. And this is Adjust Your Tracking, a podcast where we're on an adventure to watch a century of cinema, decade by decade, year by year. And I am one half your host, Liam Delaney. And with me is not my regular co-host, Mr. Oliver Jones. It's actually Natalie Gardner instead. Uh, Welcome to the show, Natalie. Hi, thanks for having me on. (laughs) It's quite an (laughs) honour. I think, what was you? You were last on for our 70s series, weren't you? For... Uh, Mike, oh, it was Mikey and Nikki, wasn't it? That's the one, yeah, mm. which <laughs> I absolutely loved. I know, like, I, I love that film. So yeah, that, no, that was a great one, and that was a little while ago now. Uh, although the time yeah, was flown by, it was about August, I think. Probably yeah. was around then, yeah. yeah. And yeah. since then, what nothing's happened. Nothing has happened. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, the world is still sort of on pause. Still isn't it? mess. It's, yeah, it's like... still a big old mess, but. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're still here to fight another day, aren't we? So, New Year and all that. Did you have a nice New Year? I had a very nothing Christmas and New Year, frankly. Oh, like, um, no. which is, which is fine. Like, but it's just, it is what it is, really. Yeah. Um, make making do more than anything else. Yourself, like. Yeah, same. It was just really quiet. It's the first time yeah. I hadn't been home for Christmas actually. So it was just sure. me and my boyfriend. So that was that was nice, and and obviously the cat as well. Uh, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was nice but yeah it was the first time I had to do a Christmas dinner all by myself which uh, <laughs> how did that and, go <laughs> Andy did some peeling and some gravy <laughs> but that's about it uh, so yeah no it actually went fine it went better than expected and oh good um, yeah it was actually a nice day you know and you know you just had to make the best of it didn't you really you couldn't yeah couldn't really do very much but um I am yeah. I love cooking so I normally do the cooking for Christmas Uh, I normally do everything so and this year instead of it being me cooking for multiple people it was basically me cooking for myself like and my housemate was here as well but like um so we kind of shared it and just had a kind of honestly we had quite a quiet day compared to everything we didn't really do much just cooked some food and then went to bed relatively early frankly (laughs) (laughs) see we just we just got really drunk which i don't know okay fantastic yeah yeah, it was quite fun i mean i'm still i'm still not back at work obviously um, sure i was gonna ask you yeah it's i mean i'm lucky i've sort of been kept on and i've been furloughed and stuff so i've been really lucky with that um and a lot of uh, friends in the theatre haven't had that, so I'm really, really pleased and and lucky to have that. But sure. um, but it is just it's just yeah you do your whole world goes whoosh, into like condensed yeah. into the shrinks down place. yeah. I did see on Instagram earlier actually the uh, theatre fund that we talked about last time. They're still promoting the the same sort of stuff. Like it hasn't changed for theatres. No. no, since we last spoke, no, there isn't enough support for the arts coming through still. So it, there's still a big push for the public to please, you know, please help these people that are pushing through arts because we, we can't lose this stuff. It's no. really important. It's Yeah, it's a pretty dire situation still. I know a few of my friends were in productions because obviously there was that little bit of time just before yeah. uh, this lockdown where things were starting to come come back to the theatres again albeit sort of smaller theatres or with a really small cast you know there's yes. uh, like these trial productions um, and you know a couple of my friends were in little little things like that and 
they may may have got like one or two shows done and then they had to close really? again and it was oh like my oh, God. all that effort and all that time and energy to yeah. try and get it back up on its feet and um yeah it, it was that was i think quite disheartening for a lot of people but the thing is and what i do cling to with all this is that the 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 desire for theater is still there very much so um and sure and you know the performers and the creatives behind it are, are eager and willing to to get going as soon as they can so it's yeah you know, yeah yeah that hasn't gone away it's just it is just the funding and if it can survive in the meantime but as soon as they're yeah. allowed to they're raring to go you know there's so yeah i even i i saw some shows advertised yeah. for tickets and stuff like that coming up so there's clearly people talking about it and there's the push to get some opened at some point so absolutely but absolutely as just soon as possible. just hopefully yeah 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 so we'll see but yeah it'll, we'll happen. See. it'll happen soon hopefully <laughs> I don't want to promise yeah. that. And then people will be like, you said your theatre will be open soon. I'm like, oh, no. It's soon in a relative sense. That's it's it. soon compared to the, to the just what the hell's going on. Yeah, like, exactly. It's... Exactly. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. In the grand scheme of history soon. History will look yeah. back on it and say it was fairly soon after I said that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was only two years or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but fingers crossed. So, like, have you been watching any films over this time since we last saw you? Or yeah. over Christmas or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, over Is Christmas, any, um... yeah, I watched a lot. Um, I'm trying to think now. I've Well, I've recently watched um, Soul, you know, the new Disney Pixar oh, yeah, yeah. thing, which yeah. I absolutely loved. I don't know if you've seen it, but... It's yeah, just... I watched it on Christmas Day, actually. Did you? <laughs> I just, yeah. I, yeah, I think I saw it either on Boxing Day or the day after, but, oh, it's lovely. I, I absolutely it is loved lovely. it. Um you know, it's it's got that thing about, you know, an artist's passion and your thing, yes, finding your yeah. thing and and how important that is to the soul and which I mean just resonates so much for well, anybody in this industry and you know, in and anybody who's got a passion, I suppose, and it's just lovely and uh I thought it was quite grown up for a, a children's yes, it, yeah. film. Like I, I don't know how young children would actually if they would get it, but yeah, no, I don't know. I think it's Pete Pete Doctor, the um the director that he's also the guy who did um Inside Out, and uh, so the themes of that are very kind of similar. He did Up as well, but and um, Monsters Inc. Oh, I think yeah. it was his first one. Uh, I love all those, and I, I think he's probably yeah yeah. I think he's probably Pixar's best director, but I think he does he doesn't make kids films. I think he makes no. adult films. Um, and I have heard from multiple people that whilst Inside Out they love their kids don't really care for it mm. as much as like parents care for it and i think it's probably the same for soul to be mm. honest uh, but i really loved it too i really enjoyed watching it more i really loved the animation i loved the design of the afterlife people and stuff like that and the way the afterlife looked and things i th was really into that um and i was really into the, the kind of single line drawings of them mm. and how they move around and stuff i thought that was amazing yeah, and that, actually that was what resonated with me more than anything else actually yeah i think it was a really interesting way to and they were all called jerry weren't they they were all, yes that's right yeah and so, it was just like you can't and he said something i can't remember the line but he was like your your feeble human brain won't understand this so we're all jerry <laughs> and we're all we're jerry all, <laughs> <laughs> and i just thought that was brilliant because it's like yeah. and and like you said like the very simple drawing and uh yeah the way it was depicted was was excellent um very and you yeah like 
so he's yeah he's a genius to come up with that kind of concept because you just think like how could you even begin to to picture that and he has and done it in a really simple way that yeah 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 really effective effective. like and as soon as i saw that bit i was like oh i'm into this now Mm. like i really like this now whereas whereas i'm not sure i would have been other way really yeah Yeah, i know what you mean it was yeah it was very cool so yeah so watching that and i like that oh and i like the fact his name was joe gardner i was like yes of course yeah 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 (laughs) such a simple i'm such a simple brain like that was that that made me happy and he had a cat it was like it works for me it all ticked a lot of boxes for me and i also love the guy who um who oh it's graham norton wasn't it the the guy on the end who the mad guy at the end of the street and i just love the fact that they brought that in that element of the person you might think who's is crazy on you know on the sidewalk or whatever is actually just more enlightened or in this other zone that you <laughs> kind of tuned in are. yeah he's actually more tuned in than most people <laughs> and i love that i actually thought that was great you know because he's actually in the zone which you know, yeah, yeah you yeah. all think he's mad but he's not he's just yeah which i thought was really cool and i thought Graham he was a proper was a good choice for that as well yeah i agree he was a proper i was hearing his voice going i know that voice mm. why do i know that voice like and it was a proper i, I looked it up and was like of course it's graham norton yeah. like but i just yeah. didn't expect to hear him voicing the character in no, that like, I, I didn't expect it, it so well. i didn't i did not expect it at all and um yeah and then you have to look it up and go oh, of course it's graham norton it's such yeah. a random one you know but, it is yeah. but i love him as an actor he's so good in father ted like which oh he obviously is how yeah. most of us were introduced to him really yeah um and i kind of miss like i was watching going he should do more he's good at this yeah, like absolutely. like i know like he's got a huge career as a, as a host and a chat show host and eurovision stuff but he's good acting and he's good comedic timing and stuff and i'd like to keep seeing stuff more stuff from him to be honest absolutely i remember that i remember as you say like in father ted all those years ago i mean that was a long time ago now and i just yeah, remember yeah. thinking at the time this guy is gonna have a huge career as a comedian he's actor. a star i exactly you know, i agree I think yeah we yeah, like, yeah wow this guy because i remember at the time crying with laughter i mean i don't know because <laughs> i've watched it since and i think maybe it has dated a little bit but sure, um sure. but at the time i remember just finding him hilarious and just yeah yeah yeah, yeah you know it was just wild and just i remember thinking this guy's gonna be huge and it's then, his energy yeah he has so much energy on it like yeah. he it's almost like you can imagine him off screen bottling it up and then just as soon as they you know go yeah. he just explodes with this energy on screen yeah, and it absolutely. really works brilliant and then but then obviously he went down the presenting route which he's great yeah. at but i know what you mean he i'd is, love yeah. to see him do more acting like comedic roles you know i think he i think he's yeah. really got something that's quite unusual yeah i agree you know but Let's see if you will. We don't know. We don't know. But yeah, we I I stand Graham Norton. I like Graham Norton. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. He's great. Um, I also saw something uh, called "I See You" on Netflix. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's it's about. I don't think I have. No. Have you? I don't know. Actually, maybe I shouldn't give it away. But it's uh, (laughs) it's a really good film on Netflix. So yeah, it's directed by Adam Randall. Adam um, Randall, yeah. Just, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's just a really good twist in it and it's quite dark, but yeah. Oh, with Helen Hunt. So okay. no, it, it, she's really yeah, she's really good in it and it's just 
yeah, it was just really, um, it's an interesting one. It's quite a small film, you know, quite a, I don't, yeah, not a huge budget, I wouldn't have thought, but it's, uh, sure. but it was really good. Um, kind of horror themed, is it? Or like... Yeah, yeah, sort of very tense. I mean, it really made me like on the edge of my seat, sort of, yeah. Okay. Yes, that was you good. should, um, if you get a chance, check out Relic that came out this year. Ooh, yeah. a ho- it is a horror film, but it's, it is, as you say, it's more about the kind of existential drama of that horror. Uh, mm-hmm. Directed by, I think she's New Zealand or Australian, I can't oh, remember, okay. uh, filmmaker. And it's really is about kind of, it's about dementia quite clearly. Wow. But it's about like the kind of horror of dementia. It's mm-hmm. and it's really good. I really recommend it. Yeah. It just the look at the post for I see you reminded me of it, and I just think yeah. I think you might like it. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that sounds like a really interesting topic as well, and yeah, and yeah, terrifying. So you know, concept, but at the same time, a really good idea for a film. And yeah, yeah, and it makes it quite visceral as well. That's what's quite you know, interesting about it. Mm. Like it, so it's still got that visceral horror, but it has got something behind it about the kind yeah. of real horror of, of dementia or stuff so it's, it's good yeah no i'll check it out for sure and i saw i saw a film called hope gap on netflix as well okay i don't know if you um no i don't know that one. either but that's a really that was a really nice film i made my boyfriend watch it on new year's eve it's not really a new year's eve celebratory film it's about <laughs> <laughs> it's very depressing it's about a couple breaking up after like 30 years of marriage but i i thought okay. it was great um, it's got annette benning um <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got annette benning in it and um and uh bill nye and josh o'connor oh yeah sure great cast i, I actually like very minimal and probably quite a small again quite a small budget but really i mean annette benning in it is just amazing she's just phenomenal to watch she's, yeah i love annette benning she's so, so good I'll, I'll happily watch that yeah no check it out honestly because <laughs> i mean they're all good in it they're three it's only really the three of them and a couple of uh small um smaller roles you know but they, they mm. just kind of carry the whole thing and they're all great actors um you know josh o'connor's from the crown he plays prince charles and and he's, oh, he's sure that he up-and-coming is, yeah. Yeah. guy who's who i think is brilliant and um obviously bill nye's a legend but it's bill nye, yeah. yeah yeah but um <laughs> but no it was it was a lovely it was a lovely film it's sad but it it's really good so if um yes check that out oh, check it out. yeah have you seen anything good recently yeah the only one i guess i'll shout out because i've been i it's been a while since we recorded, but uh, Nomadland I watched a couple of days ago, which will be one of those films that I think are going to pop up around awards seasons. Mm. I think it's already winning stuff on awards season. Right. Uh, it's directed by Chloe Zhao, I believe you pronounce it, Z-H-A-O, who she directed a film called The Rider, which is a really good film about kind of rodeo. That film was really unique in the fact that all the people in the film were actually rodeo, like cowboys, not wow. professional actors. So it gave, yeah. it gave like a real kind of realism to that kind of film. And mm-hmm. Nomadland, she again kind of looks at this kind of lost uh, lost segments of like America, of that middle America. And Nomadland's about people who live, uh, homeless people, who live in, out of kind of vans, who live out of kind of RVs and stuff like that, who mm-hmm. some of them choose to, some of them don't, so like fall on hard times and stuff. But it's, a, it's about the journey of the kind of, what the kind of Great Recession like 2007 did to a lot of people who had to lose their homes and and how they keep surviving but also it's not it's not romanticizing it but it's not it's not um vilifying it either Mm. it's and it's just kind of trying to explore the people and the struggles and that life and 
uh, Frances McDermott plays the lead. She oh, is amazing. Oh, um, I definitely as that. Loki drama. It's very good, very very good. So I oh, really would recommend great. that yeah. quite a bit. Definitely, yeah, I'll definitely watch both of those. The Rider and No, no Nomad's Land, is it? Nomad Land, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I meant Nomad Land. Yeah, definitely. They sound great. And uh, one of the film I think you quite like actually. We'll we'll move on, but I watched a film. I, th- I don't know what it's available on, but it's called The Nest, and it stars Jude Law. I think I've seen this advertised somewhere on 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 maybe Amazon or Netflix, yeah. I think it is streaming. I just can't remember where it's streaming. Mm. But yeah, it's Jude Law and Carrie Coon. Basically, he's he's like an ambitious English entrepreneur, and he marries an American, and he decides to bring him back to England so he can make his like fortunes in England. It's kind of set around the eighties. Well, it is set in the 80s, but it's not a period piece so much. Like, it's about, like, his obsession with being a successful, like, entrepreneur man and her kind of struggles with being um, immigrant into England in that time period. And they're, they're bringing a family over as well and that struggles and stuff. And it's, I've heard it described as, like, a, a ghost film without ghosts. Is oh, wow. like. That's um, interesting. And it's a it's a really good description of it. Mm. Like because it's all about the nest, the house they buy, the big house they buy yeah. when they come back to England and and how that that huge house they buy, how it kind of impacts their lives and wow. impacts them going forward and, and looks at their relationship and their relationship to kind of success and stuff. It's it's wonderful. It's really, really, really good. Oh wow, um, I'll definitely And check I'd that recommend out. that as well. Like Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. I love the idea of a ghost story without any ghosts. That's yeah. It's it's got the element to it. It's it's quite emotive. That kind of yeah, yeah. The way that kind of you can imagine you can in, you could insert ghosts into some of the shots. You could insert like a physical presence of the horror into these shots, but it's it doesn't have that. It's not supernatural. It's about yeah. the kind of reality of their drama. But yeah. you know, drama can be horrible without yeah. ghosts, really. Yeah. But like and so, haunting it and, has that yeah. and haunting, yeah. So yeah. So it's oh, wow. uh, that sounds great. Really recommend it. I really loved yeah, it. Lovely. Cool. So we should um we should probably move on a little bit to talk about the fifties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like rather than just catch up on what films we like. But, um, <laughs> but I didn't say this up top, but uh, uh, we're just taking a break, me and Ollie at the moment. Not that sounded weird. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> But Ollie is flat into making another music video and anytime he takes on one of these claymation projects he just becomes his whole life dedicated 24 hours to him making these <laughs> claymation clay. models and filming so <laughs> yeah um so he doesn't have time to kind of do anything else so we um so i thought i'd invite natalie onto the show and we can talk about another film from the 50s just to kind of keep the momentum going a little bit we we had a bit of a chat about what film to do it wasn't a long chat <laughs> but like uh, um we i pulled a couple of ideas that were on our kind of long list when we put were putting together the 50s we kind of ended up with all about eve honored members ladies and gentlemen for distinguished achievement in the theater the sarah siddons award to miss eve harry i'm going to take you to margo oh no Oh, yes, she's got to meet you. She's quite a girl, this what's-her-name. Eve, I've forgotten they grew that way. I take it she read well. It wasn't a reading, it was a performance. Brilliant, vivid, something made of music and fire. And how nice. After all you've said. 
Don't you know that part was written for Margot? It might have been 15 years ago. It's my part now. You're quite a girl. You think? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You do all that just for a part in a play. I'd do much more for a part that good. Why do they always look like unhappy rabbits? Because that's what they are. Go and make him happy. There never was, and there never will be another like you. Before we actually know, before we talk about all about Eve, like, what, do you have any experience with night films from the fifties, or kind of thoughts about kind of films from the fifties at all? Um. So. I probably haven't seen as many as I would like to have and from that sort of golden Hollywood sure, era. Yeah. Um, and, and things that I think sometimes are 50s turn out to be 40s sure. or 60s. And, you know, there's that kind of bit in the middle. But obviously Marilyn Monroe films, yeah. uh, you know, and um, a, a big thing and something that I've, I've always loved Marilyn. So. Uh, and... You know, Sunset Boulevard yes. scene. Yeah, um, same which, same year as this as well. Like, yeah, same year, so. which I didn't realise. And um, similar, similar themes, sort, I'd say. Similar well. themes yeah. as well, which I, I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great time for, for cinema. And obviously there's Hitchcock as well coming yep, up sure. in, in that time as well. So yeah, I've seen, you know, a lot of his yeah, films, which yeah. are incredible and... Which we haven't um, done a Hitchcock yet, but that's mainly because I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. but I think we're going to do either Vertigo or uh, Rear Window as a special episode. Just, just because. And yeah, they are just stunning films. Yeah, and, art, you know. and obviously, you know, 62, I think, is Psycho. So it's just, mm-hmm. he's kind of magnum opus so so to speak is just out of the 50s but yeah. the 50s hitchcock kind of is what's happening now is he's moved to america he stopped doing british films yeah. and he's starting to take on hollywood a little bit and i think that's you just see that rising at this time he's got so many films in the 50s like, yeah yeah um, no he's uh, i love i love rear window and i and vertigo actually and the kind of suspense and the way it's shot and the way yeah. he frames everything like a a work of art it's yeah it's uh maybe if we do rear window when i first saw it i knew rear window before seeing it because it's such a film that's been like copied and yeah. redone and like commented on and pastiche and stuff like that mm-hmm. but actually then sitting down to watch it i realized how much i didn't know like it's so much more of a a full like masterpiece than i gave it credit for mm-hmm. from just knowing it from like simpsons jokes or just you know remakes and stuff yeah, like yeah. um it kind of shocks you to sometimes actually go back and watch the film which yeah. um is almost what i got with this because i know all about eve because i've seen it on stage a couple of times yeah yeah i saw it last year i saw it in february it was the last time i went to the theater i saw oh, it in it was... with uh gillian anderson gillian anderson yeah yes of course so that was yeah. the last thing i'd seen in february before lockdown <laughs> like um Gosh, was it playing then? Yeah, it oh was. Yeah. Gosh. Um, and I really thought it was. Yeah. It was yeah, probably started was... earlier. I think it was towards. Yeah. I don't know. You know what? I don't know if it was Maybe towards, towards the end of the, the world. Maybe towards the end of the yeah. year before, and then into that. Because yeah, that's crazy that that was. It. Yeah. And what did you think of it? I didn't see that production, which I'm. I'm so sad I didn't get to see it. It was 
honestly it was such a good performance it's this script is such a fantastic script like oh. it's so precise and I, I can and because it's actually it's a really not very plotty film there's not a lot of locations mm. there's not a lot of scenes well so yeah yeah there's not a lot of scenes but like all the scenes are just full of dialogue so it translates to the stage so well like just so so easily translates to stage performances because you just need a few different like indications of scenes back you know in like uh, the dressing rooms or back in the houses mm. or on on the stage itself there's only really those kind of things you need to actually tell the story yeah. um they had this wonderful setup when i saw it whereas they had video screens and then they had stuff happening behind the stage so they had like uh uh, a party broke out and then there was people hanging about in a kitchen that was taking place off stage but you saw it through the video screen and stuff like that which was just a really nice way of bringing you then into their lives yeah. off the stage uh, which worked really well I um I would really be interested in comparing the script to what they did on stage compared to this script because I think it was pretty much the same mm. um, but it was it was a modern telling of it when I saw it on stage it wasn't set in the 50s it was set yeah. like now and I, I don't get your opinion on that, but mm. I think it's very easy to do that with this script. I think it's a very I mean, it simple... feels like it could have been written yesterday. Yeah. You know, sort of when you think about the themes in it and uh, a lot of the, the things that are being dealt with in the film, it, it's the same things we're still dealing with really today, you know. And um, yeah, it's... It's very interesting, and then that's why I mean I'm, I really would love to see that production. Actually, was it the National? Was it a National? You know, I can't remember which one it was. I, I can look it, it up. You know, because they record yeah. things, don't they, at the, at the National? Oh, Bridge. that's true. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I think it's really relevant, and I think that's probably why they probably chose to to put it on a couple of you know last year or or whenever it was. But yeah, so I, I mean the idea of. A woman's place in society and career and then what she has to sacrifice to, to sure. get there and then you know is she just disposed of at a certain age because <laughs> you know that's what society suggests and um, a lot yeah. of the time i mean it's it's all the similar things that we're we're experiencing you know in society today and how unhealthy that is for everybody not just for women but mm -hmm. um everyone involved and uh yeah i thought the the fact that it's seen the way they play on that through the use of another woman yeah is an actual actually really interesting technique and it's very easy to just go oh well the women are the problem <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, yes. You know um, yes. <laughs> whereas you know obviously it's it's i actually don't think the script suggests that i actually think the the script writing is brilliant and when i thought i actually thought it had been written by a woman because i thought this yeah. is very uh you know when i found out um it's uh oh what's his uh mankowitz is that how you say it mankowitz? yes mankowitz mankowitz yeah. yeah um i thought oh, it's brilliant he gives each woman you know, within the narrative, uh, respect and the lines yes. are good, and the yes. monologues are meaty, and the parts yeah. are well drawn. Um, yeah, I mean, I was surprised to see it was a man that had actually written. The, I thought maybe it had been written by a woman and then put, but it was it's actually kind of is. It's yeah. it's based on something called the Wisdom of Eve, yeah. which was written by Mary Orr, but it's not really. Um, it's more like an anecdote 
basically of her life yeah. of something that happened to her i believe in or something she heard happened to an actress in austria or something i think yeah. it is it's gone out of my head now so i'm not totally sure what the i think it's a I think it's a short story that was published within Cosmopolitan yeah, or something. I like read I don't this. Yeah, and it was just like a short story about a younger woman trying to usurp another act yes. like an actress or something. But it's not the same but then he no. took that and then he just massively expanded on it. He and, did. Yeah. Um I think it's, he did a brilliant job. I mean, the, to talk about Mankiewicz really briefly, uh, his brother is, I think it's his brother, he wrote Citizen Kane. Mm. So the film Mank that just came out at Christmas is actually based on him. So, like, if that. that's <laughs> worth watching. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, Mankiewicz, this is kind of his, this is his magnum piece really if you're going to speak to him as a director he did a lot of 20th century fox films coming up before this but really then he made this and then he did a lot of technicolor kind of films like um uh, guys and dolls quiet american cleopatra coming up later but this film's really as you say it's surprising in the fact that he really touches onto like uh he really gets into the mind of women in this film and the role of femininity in the film he he somehow has kind of tapped into that in a way that i don't think many writers ever do Mm. and i think one of the really good examples of that is the dialogue that um Margot has when she's just sitting in the car when she's missed the theatre thing and she talks about like being a woman one thing she doesn't do in that is talk about having kids which Mm. is what I think what every writer ever does when they write about being a woman is they talk about having kids and they make it all about that and she isn't about that it's about being in love it's about someone loving you and it's about you know you have to do everything a man does and also be a woman it's the thing that every woman has in has in has in contact has in like and I love how it's about being loved and being loved for her, yeah. which is a, a thing that I think is must have resonated with actresses at the time and obviously resonated with people because it's not like it's people. It's her worry that people are constantly falling in love with the character she plays and actually not her herself. I think is just so on point and, and really works. Mm-hmm. And what makes the extra kind of a uh, heartbreaking actually is that during this film, Betty Davis, that we will talk about Betty Davis, mm. um, but in this film, Betty Davis, uh, she starts a relationship with Gary Merrill. He's the guy who played Bill during this. Mm. Uh, they fell in love on a photo shoot for this film uh, because they were shooting them together because the studio heads were worried about older women with younger men and they were concerned how they would look together. So they were doing like a photo shoots to see how that is. And actually, that's still relatively rare to actually have that happen in film, mm-hmm. like even to this day. Even more. Uh, Do you know what? Sometimes I think even more so, to, you know. Probably, probably yeah. It's mad. <laughs> um, but she, she had a cigarette and asked him to light it. He refused to light it. And at that point, Betty Davis was like, well, I fell in love with him at that time. I love that. I mean, she's just, she's a goddess. She's, a, she's, she's an absolute goddess. A goddess. <laughs> and, and yet the idea that anybody said no to her is like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This person and, um, intrigues me. Okay. You know. This is intriguing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she was, so she was actually going through a divorce when she shot this. Uh, and she ends up marrying Gary in the, in 1950. Mm. They get divorced 10 years later as well. Mm. Like this is, this is, Bay Davis's life with divorces. Yeah, like, and, and, and unfortunately people dying as well. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, um, they, they end up describing that relationship as they fell in love with characters on this film. 
they they were two characters they were playing characters and they fell in love as characters and then afterwards they had to then be in love as people and I think it's extra heartbreaking that that monologue that she has about wanting to be loved for herself she's doing the exact same thing in her own life as falling in love with a character and not seeing the person behind it and that's such a it's such a way that this film speaks to people and manages to capture that essence I think of what it is to be an actress or what it is to be an actor even in this time yeah I think it's I think (laughs) that that just sums it up really well because it is that idea of where do we as people end and the character begin and that is a huge it's a huge problem for a lot of actors because you know you you spend weeks or months with somebody staring into their eyes telling them you love them and, <laughs> yes and yes. you know and then obviously once it all stops it's like oh you know was that real or what we feel after the, the filming stops is real and i think it becomes a real issue for a lot of people and uh and one that you have to make peace with or you will go mad <laughs> or you yeah. or not necessarily go mad but you will jeopardize all of your relationships outside in, in the real world and i do think that is something that uh has probably plagued a lot of performers um but i think it's i love that monologue she has in the car i think it's it's superb it's moving it you know it's it's not overly emotional it's no she retains her strength within it mm-hmm. um and yet conveys so much despair as you know to to her situation which is I carry on with my career in this way and I either become irrelevant because of my age or, <laughs> you know, 40. Oh, my God, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, that's totally. <laughs> you know, or, and I uh, potentially end up just alone. And, yeah. And that's her choice, you know, or she... Or a bit of a joke. I think that's what she worries about yeah. being as well. A lot of her angst during this film is being told that she still can play 20 and she's sitting, at, you know, in her house going, I can't play 20. <laughs> Like yeah. I know I can't, yeah. like, and people and, keep telling me I can, and they're they're mad, like. Uh, yeah, what's that line she has at the near the beginning? It's like, when are you going to make me uh, write me a real part where a yeah. wife just shoots her husband? You know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, come on, you know, um, and but yeah, it's that place where the writer only wants to write parts for the young ingenue, yes. you know, the twenty-year-old who's full of life and vivacity and just really. Uh, in love with life because that's what he wants to see a woman be and yeah yeah, there's this other side of women which is actually a lot more interesting a lot more powerful as they get older and their character develops they get more confident and everything else and that's what um, Betty Davis in this uh, Margot represents and what I love about the writing of this is in at no point do you blame Bill for choosing Margot, mm-hmm. you you see exactly why he would because yep. she is always held up as uh, yes she's feisty yes she's difficult yes she's yep. you know I mean maddening at times but she you like her everyone likes yeah. her because she yeah. is truthful she's authentic she's yep. intelligent she's witty and she's, she's funny like, yeah, yeah yeah and um and I think that's you know that is a brilliant that's what's so brilliant about it whereas yeah i think in um if we were to compare it to like say sunset boulevard and norma desmond you know yes and you sort of think you can kind of see why you know Joe why people wouldn't yes exactly her because yeah. she's more of like 
well, it's the terrifying caricature of yeah. what an older woman Yes. Older woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40. I have to keep coming back to that. <laughs> 40, I'm very nearly 40 myself. So it's like, <laughs> well, in a few years. But you know what I mean? Just like, that's mad. But anyway. The spectre's approaching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. And, um, but yeah, so I think that's what I really loved about it. And as you say, not talking about children, you know, which is so often the... Uh, the way that women are perceived, uh, especially yeah. I would have thought at that time, you know, yep. it's kind of yes, just exactly. there to be the family. You know, the family I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a smart script. Like mm-hmm. I know that Mankovic had to fight for like every line against the censors. Like there's a bit early on that um, uh, she, she describes herself as love starved. Mm-hmm. Uh, Margot does, and the script said sex starved, and the the censor were just like, nope. Like you're not having that. Like there's a there's a bit when uh, Eve is telling her origin story to everyone in the um, dressing room, and Birdie, that is like uh, Margot's maid, makes a really kind of cutting that. comment about yeah. it. And uh, she said that like that it has everything but the bloodhound snapping at your rear end or her rear end. Yeah. And the censors were like, nope, you can't talk about that. Like and because like like talking about like suggesting someone has an ass is like too much for the senses in the fifties, so like every single line in this film was fought over, and he really fought for it. And I think mm. it's definitely worth talking about Betty Davis forever. But mm. like uh, when she came into the project, the script changed as well, which I think is really important. It like Margot beforehand was a much more. Uh, likable though I don't like that term because I think she's really likable but she was a less kind of harsh she was a less like had less edges to her and then when Betty Davis signed on he went back to the script and actually put in those edges and put in those performances Mm -hmm. because this is what Betty 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 Page Betty Davis can do like that's what she was really good at and it was also echoing her real life as well and like if there's one thing you know you have to know about Betty Davis is that she struggled in Hollywood at every mm-hmm. single point she always struggled she fought against everything like she and she was perceived as like a she was perceived as like a difficult actress one of these one of these women that we keep covering on the podcast that Hollywood tells you are too difficult to work with like and all it means is they had opinions yeah. you know <laughs> like yeah. and, and and which which was why they could act as well as they could yeah. because they were intelligent observant human beings that yeah you know could see the world around them that's how they can portray and, uh, it you know so like when when Mankovich was even told that Betty Page went he was hiring Betty Page he was warned like another director called him and warned him about mm. her saying that he will she will crush you into a fine paste I think is what like <laughs> <laughs> he was warned about and uh when uh, Mankovich took this to she told Betty about this she was like oh yeah but those scripts weren't good like I had yeah. to fight on set because those scripts aren't good. Yeah. This script is the best script I've ever read. Yeah, so I don't need to do this. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. And that was that. She wasn't difficult. She just knew what was good, and mm-hmm. she knew how she sounded on set and how she could deliver lines and what looked good. Mm-hmm. And at every point, like she would fight against what role she took. Like this is her coming out of a bit of a kind of a wilderness period in in her mm-hmm. kind of career, mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, because she kept on turning down every role they offered her. And there was a thing with the old studio system. If you turned down a role that and they, they didn't give you another one, they added time to your contract at the end of it. Mm. So she even went to court to fight against this and failed. And it wasn't until another actress took it late, and I can't remember the name at the top of my head, that that even stopped being a thing. So she actually been through court during this 
um, just before this to fight for roles. In the 60s as well, she sorry, in the 40s, she took a role where she played much older. Um, uh, she was really kind of dressed up as like an older actress. She looked much older than 40s. Um, and she was told at the time that she would ruin her career. She can't play older. It's The Corn is Green is the film. Um, okay. and uh, But like she knew that she didn't have to be portrayed as like a 20 year old all the time. She knew that she was getting older. And this was the first time in Hollywood where actresses were kind of getting older on screen. Yeah. So like, because yeah. because it's not that, you know, it's like 30 years into kind of like voice kind of um, mm. acting. Uh, so like it's the first time that you're dealing with people that are 18 on screen in the kind of 30s or like 40s. And then actually growing up to be an older actress. So uh, maybe that's why you're getting these films about. What what do you do with these actresses? <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, Let's make a film about an older actress. You know? yeah. But yeah, it's it's true because and they wouldn't have been there before. They, they yeah, they were just older roles, but an older starlet was a new thing. Yeah. Like it was it was something that they hadn't had to look at before. Mm. And you say older, but she's as you say, she's forty two, I think, in this film. Um, but I think. And I would guess this was Betty. She, she looks older in this film. They're putting makeup on her. They're doing. They're they're lighting her in different ways. Mm-hmm. I think they're making her look older than forty in this film. And yeah, yeah I, I think that's a brave choice. I think that the whole thing about this film is that Betty makes brave choices constantly. Yeah. She's she's out of makeup. She see her mid dressed. You know, like mm. kind of with with all the kind of half makeup faces. She see her kind of face. dressing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, she knows what she looks like out of makeup, and she's making those choices to be on screen to kind of seem like that. And I think it's it's even though you know I don't want to be too dramatic about it but I think most actresses wouldn't have been doing that this this period and I think it makes the character really stand out in this Mm -hmm. film and makes her performance stand out and her performance is just astonishing she's everything in this you know she's angry she's bitchy she's a starlet she's a grand dame Mm -hmm. she's adorable she's witty kind of um she has all of that in her performance at all points and i just it's she's just a joy to watch yeah it is and it's a masterclass you're watching it and you're like oh okay okay betty that's how you act that you know you watch her yeah yeah just like oh yeah okay right i I wasn't sure how i would act that role but now i know you know because she's just (laughs) perfect at it i mean the woman can look up from you know something that she's reading down here down on the table and she looks up and you just read in her eyes everything she's just incredible the woman's incredible yeah. i mean technically brilliant and uh and just captivating and i think yeah it's such a as you say like she was going through so much before this and to think that she wasn't even the first person they went to i think it was something like the no. eighth person or ninth person that yeah thought of yeah 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 before they went they, they went through her. everyone <laughs> like, and, you know and i just think it it was fate. It had to happen. This had to happen. Yeah. It, you know, it's her um, probably her strongest role, and and it's I think so. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and it it gets to everything that you know about um, Betty as an actress as well. Everything that would have been in the kind of uh, you know gossip columns is in this film. Her first like to give a bit of origin story of her. There's there's all these stories about like that when she came to Hollywood, like she got the her mom and her got the train there. And the and the, the kind of the scout that was meant to meet them at the station left them at the station and went back to the studio and told them that there was no one there who could be a Hollywood actress. Like it's, it's just like that. And like, but 
but is this kind of force of nature that that's not stopping her like she got her first acting role on stage when i think she was a i don't think she was even an actor i, I think she was like a, like um an usher or something and the lead actress broke her leg and so betty took over the role and like the rumors forever have been that she broke her leg you know like <laughs> she maintains she didn't but like that's the kind of personality she had that no one can quite believe she didn't break her leg <laughs> because she was just this like 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 just yeah as you say like queen of just yeah. of and she knew what she wanted and she went for it there's a story about her when she was a kid that she got burnt in a christmas tree fire which is apparently a thing but she pretended she was blind for ages until her parents realised that she was just lying. <laughs> like, she just had this, like, innate flair for the dramatic, you know, like, she that was who she was down, down her heart and, yeah. and that's who she knew how to portray on screen. Like, and so all the stuff in this, like, she, she embodies all that stuff when you see her. Like, mm-hmm. there's a brilliant scene when she's up in a room talking to Birdie and she's getting herself ready for the party, mm-hmm. which is one of the best parties I've ever seen on film. <laughs> And she um, finds that her boyfriend's there and that she's talking to Eve. Yes. And this is when she's starting to kind of suspect she's Eve suspected. for like manipulating her. Mm-hmm. And she downs her martini and runs out of the room and runs down the stairs. And then just before she hits the final step, she composes herself yeah. and walks elegantly into the room to talk to them. Yeah. And I was just like, that is a masterclass. It that is. is just so good. It like. All acting, all on the screen, like it's yeah. all there, and she she know she just knows how to control everything about herself, how to portray all that. Absolutely, and it's, just, it's Absolutely. so it's good. Turning in a second from anger to anguish, and you know, just like yeah, she'll you know, uh, there was another another instance of it later on where they've written this horrible thing about her as being um, after Eve has betrayed her part as he becomes the understudy and then she through weird uh, scenario um, gets to go on and um, and they write a horrible thing about Margot being too old and she's having to yeah. make way for the new actress yes. coming through and she's fuming I mean it's that like she's so angry which understandably so and then Bill comes in and she just crumbles and it's that moment of she sees him he's come back to you know to sort of be with her and support her which i thought was brilliant <laughs> i was like mm-hmm. yes bill um but <laughs> <laughs> i love bill in this but anyway and um you just see her from this you know point of like just being so angry and so strong to just crumbling and the true margot coming out the vulnerability yeah. of that and the, the vulner- fact yeah. that actually the reason she's so angry is because she's so hurt and a lot of the time the reason she's having to be so forceful or fierce or is because she can see what's going on and what's going on yes not yeah great, yeah you know um, yes for the women in in and uh, well in for her in this situation she doesn't necessarily see see it in eve to start with but then as no. time goes on and she does see it and it's she's just brushed off as being paranoid or you know yes. and oh, yeah of course and crazy, just jealous you know jealous, yeah, yeah, paranoid yeah. you must be because yeah. you know and um and it's yeah i find that i found that really interesting because i think uh, i've definitely had this experience where i um i have seen through say a, a, somebody i know a, a girl i know or a woman i know 
and my male friends won't see what I can see. And they just don't see it because, oh no, she's a lovely girl. She's a lovely girl. Yes. And yes. then you're like, they can't see it. But okay, I'm not going to say anything because I'll just be the, the person who's being horrible or whatever. But, you know, um, and so I think that is actually quite a, an interesting thing. And this is why I was really surprised that a man had written it as well because yeah. I was just like, that's a really interesting thing for him to have noticed and to have seen that actually women can be really manipulative and they can be really conniving just like men can be, you know, um, just because they're coming across as sweet and innocent doesn't necessarily mean they are. And yeah, that's yeah. something that uh, trips up, you know, a lot of people. Um, you know, they, they judge people just on how they're presenting, especially in show business, you know, that could yeah. be, yeah. Um, but And like, well, show business is so much about how you kind of, it's, it is about talent, but it's, it's a lot about connections. It's about being seen by the right people. Yeah. And it makes you question if Margot at some point might have been Eve. Yeah, you know, yeah. at some point she might have done something in her career and she took that chance, you know, Absolutely. maybe a little bit a little bit too far and she feels a little bit guilty about it, but she took that leap and that she's always got that paranoia that someone's going to do it to her and take away her thing. Mm-hmm. And what I think's kind of interesting by the end of the film is that, like, she realises it doesn't matter. She's still yeah. Margot. Like, at the end of it, she's yeah. still... It doesn't... She doesn't have to fight the 20-year-olds. She's She's got it. And she's got friends. And she's got people that look... Like, someone who loves and she loves them. Like, it's... Yeah. She's found, like, a kind of security. Even though the system hasn't changed, she's just found a security in it. Yeah, which I think absolutely. is, like, weirdly a nice ending to something that I... Yeah. I think the first time I saw it, I didn't get that from it. I think that's, like, something I saw... Yeah. Well, but when I saw it on stage, I didn't get that from it. When I saw it watching a film, I got a little bit more kind of... Yeah. Oh, actually... Actually, she's a little bit happier at the end, which is nice. Definitely. <laughs> it's because, like she says, isn't she, I've, I'll have a life outside of just being yes. in the theatre every night, you know. And and it's that sort of thing of, you know, she she's learned that actually being the amazing star that she is, and, and they she still is, even at the end of the film, is yeah. not all her life is. It's also about her friendships. It's also about her relationships. And, um, and at the end of it, she actually she actually does come out as the winner in that in she sort of finds her equilibrium in that and she's at peace with all that and it you like as you say she probably did do something similar to maybe eve. yeah and um whether she i mean i do think eve is quite quite something to be honest the way yes. she goes up yeah, yeah, as yeah. well i was like yeah she is she's definitely no, the, no. the villain <laughs> yeah. well, one of the villains like but yeah i just think she probably has done something similar and maybe Eve is going to be on that journey as well in that and you know yeah. and obviously we see that at the end when obviously history yeah, repeats yeah. itself and there's another young starlet who in the making who's sort of sat in her room which is well it's brilliant that ending because it's shot like a horror film yeah. like in the way she comes in and it raises up to the mirror and you see the person behind yeah. her and but also, like, it's like a horror sequel because, like, it's introduced like she's going to Hollywood, so she's gonna do it there. Like, it's like, watch out, this she's going over over to Hollywood now, and she's gonna still she's gonna find someone else to take out. Like, yeah. but then when she creeps up behind her, is the actual like like someone else is gonna do it to her. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's very it's a very kind of satirical or sardonic kind of look at like what like being an actor is or what like this this business is and I, I do wonder if it's a little bit like because it's written by a Hollywood writer and it's looking at New York theatre I did wonder if there is that kind of like like this 
cutting kind of attitude to kind of New York versus Hollywood. I don't know if that was you know yeah, what that was I like at the time, a but bit of bit of that as well. Like there's a there's something that Bill talks about because obviously Eve says to him at the quite near the beginning when they first meet says um. Well, you're going to Hollywood. Why are you doing that? And he's like, he has to. Def- he feels like he has to defend himself. Yes. Like this is a bit, bit of a slur on him as an artist. And uh, yes, yeah. You know, he's like, well, I'm just doing one film. You know, I've only got one picture deal, and you know, I'll be back, and you know, all this. And she's like, oh, you won't be back. They never come back once they go to Hollywood. Yeah. You know, and they get the money and everything. And there is definitely a, a sort of. Uh, it pops up a few times, I think. That it does. There's debate. right at the beginning, the narration at the beginning, and we'll have to talk about Addison Lee actually talking oh, about narration. We will, yeah. But um, uh, he calls the Pulitzer a questionable prize, right? Right at like the first line. So it's, I think, it's very much like yeah. kind of that. It's it's setting you up that this is what type of film this is about. Yeah. And uh, and it also it portrays. It's about like insider and outsider as well i think in many different ways Definitely. uh one is that like everyone in this film is funny smart mean witty apart from eve eve yeah. isn't any of that she doesn't have any of those like things she's like mm. she's just pretty like mm. really and obviously a good actress we think as well we don't yeah. actually see her actor in this film but everyone says she's a good actress mm-hmm. but she's always an outsider for that she doesn't have witty lines she doesn't have any jokes she doesn't have any of that she doesn't have even any of the memorable lines in this this script Mm -hmm. like you know like unlike margot which has a thousand lines you can quote and people quote lines from this film without even realizing it's from this film yeah like uh like it's going to be a bumpy night (laughs) it's like it's just such a one like that whole party scene i just i loved it that i like i loved how margot always has a martini and drunk acting masterclass (laughs) i mean she's just brilliant in it it's like with it she's just got the right amount of drunk and the right amount of you know slurriness oh it's perfect and and like i wonder i watching it thinking like are we meant to think this is really sad because i just want to hang out with margot <laughs> i just want to like, yeah, yeah, i just want to be there with her like, yeah yeah and uh they have this that actually good thing about that scene the dress she wears that's just off the shoulders mm. um that wasn't meant to fit like that they brought it around and it fit badly uh, it was meant to be just a V cut, and uh, Betty Davis herself pulled it down around her shoulders. Oh, you know what? I wondered about this dress because there's something going on here where there's a yes, there gap is, which, yeah, with the sleeve, yes. which obviously would make more sense if it was cut. More sense if it was cut higher, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. But I just thought, oh, that's a cool little must have cool been a look, modern yeah. style that they had at the time. <laughs> it was quite interesting, but yeah, oh, that's interesting. Little, little and thing. I like it because it kind of tells you everything you need to know about that party as well because she looks sexy she's out there to fight for her kind of place there you know she's Mm -hmm. she's going she's in attack mode you know like the dress says all that out without like anything else and it's just such a fantastic scene as i say not a lot of kind of locations in this film so that that party takes up a huge runtime of the film actually Uh, like which is unusual but the the um dialogue is just so engaging and the and the performance is so engaging that it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't drag or anything like Not that. Even the, being a, quite a long film, really, it just doesn't drag. I remember the um, there was one bit in the party scene where Addison arrives with uh, Miss Caswell, which obviously yes. is Marilyn and uh, Marilyn, yeah. So um, and then he spots Eve, and he sends Marilyn or Miss Caswell off to talk to a producer. <laughs> 
because that's yes. what she has to there for. That's your job. Yeah, that's your job. <laughs> Go and charm the producer. And and then he basically grabs Eve and walks off with Eve. And you just and Margot, who's the you know the hostess of the party, is left alone as the old woman uh, with a drink. And she says, "Amen," oh, you know, and downs another drink. And I was like, and it could be "Amen," or it could be "Yes," Amen. yes. Because look how they run to the, you know, the younger women all the time, you know, yeah. and how they go to the, you know. And that, I just there's thought a, that was brilliant. I was like, ah, oh, so good. There's a bit with Marilyn, and we should talk about Marilyn, because obviously the first film I suggested was actually Some Like It Hot. Mm. I've, I've, I've never seen all of Some Like It Hot. I've oh, seen yeah. half of Some Like It Hot. And I don't know, I, I don't know why I've never watched it all, because like, I'll, I'll love it. I know I will. Yeah, but like... Um, it's interesting that we're talking about the 1950s and the kind of aging starlet because this is a changing of the guard mm-hmm. and you do get Marilyn in this film as a very proto kind of Marilyn role like you're just seeing the origins of what would become her on-screen kind of presence in the yeah. fact that she is like captivating on screen like mm-hmm. you can't not look at her on screen mm-hmm. But she's also like witty and funny, mm-hmm. and the men around her don't know how to deal with that. Yeah, like they don't yeah. quite know how to put those two things together. So that uh, I think this, and it is on screen in this point, and it is it's the point when they're sitting on the steps, mm-hmm. all of them are on the steps, and she says um, waiter, and they're like, it's not waiter, he's a butler, and she's like, well, I can't say butler because someone might be called butler. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it. Addison Lee goes. You have a point. It's uh, like it's it's a stupid point or something like that, but it's yeah. a point. Like and and then um then the guy next to her, I can't remember who it is. It might be one. It might be Bill, but I can't remember who it is. Basically, mm. goes, oh, "I'll go get you a drink." And as he gets up, Addison's just like, "You are going to go far in this it business." The, <laughs> like, I remember who it was. It was the producer because because it the producer. Got the yeah, producer around a little finger by the end. Around a little finger, yeah. And that's what I remember <laughs> thinking. And that's what yeah, Addison was like, "You're going to go far." And he says something yeah. like. Your career is rising in the east like the sun. Yes. And yeah, I thought, the sun. Wow, yeah. That's, and that's it's perfect. true by 1959, <laughs> some like it hot, which, yeah. you know, like, so it's it's incredible, really, yeah. that that's all playing out on screen with mm-hmm. Betty Davis there as well. Like, mm-hmm. as, it's her comeback picture, but it wasn't really much of a comeback, um, to be very honest. Like, it, it was like a, she didn't win the Oscar for this, which is a it's criminal. Absolutely bonkers. <laughs> like, I think it, it must have only been because she'd upset the studios. I can only think. Yeah, of and I th- it, it was the first thing. time ever that two actresses had been nominated for the same award yeah. from the same film, yeah. and I think that just split the vote as well. Mm, so it, it just got split between Anne and Betty, really. And I think, I think by putting Anne up for this, actually did like mute the amount of nominations for Betty. Uh, but it was just, it was you say she, she came out the gate. Betty Davis did got nominated got like won two Oscars back to back for the first two like films then got nominated for like I don't know another 10 but never won it again yeah. um, which was totally because the system didn't like her she was yeah. difficult to deal with I you know that, I think that to be honest when you look back at at her roles it yeah, has like to Jezebel, be Jezebel she didn't win for and stuff like, it has, things to, that it has just, to be that she's upset yeah. the wrong people and it is you know because there isn't many people who can perform like her I mean, even no. to this day, there's not many actresses who can no. perform. No, and if you her proper kind of comeback, I would say, because it doesn't really happen during the fifties, but sixty two is um, whatever happened to Baby Jane, yeah, which she's just amazing, amazing, in. Uh, yeah. and then after that, she had a bit of like a 
re- reigniting to her career as an older actress, really. Like, um, that went into TV and film beyond that, really. Uh, so really this is like a bright star rather than a comeback really for yeah, her which is yeah. a bit it's just a bit crap it's just because it was the 50s you know yeah um, yeah I think I, I but, would agree with that I think yeah today I don't think that would have been the case because I, I do believe that there are more interesting uh, stories being written for older women you know older yeah. <laughs> women yeah, now, yeah, yeah, nowadays yeah. so I think yeah she would definitely go on to have had more in that middle period of her life as opposed yeah. to having to wait another a... 10 years to actually start getting decent roles. Yeah, because um, is it just a tour de force? It is. Yeah. Like it's And uh, and Absolutely. story about uh, George Sanders, who he played um, Addison, because he actually wins the Oscar for Best Actor, yeah. or is it Best Supporting? I think it's Best Supporting. I th- oh, I uh, make a note of it somewhere. Where was it? Um, he, he, went up, he went up to Betty after the Oscars supporting. and just said, Sour Grapes Betty, and she spat in his face. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Which I just love. I mean, like. I have to say, I thought Alison is really good in it. And I think it is, um, you know, it. yeah, he got Best Supporting. And I thought, okay, Best Supporting. If he'd got Best Actor, I'd have been like, mm, there's not, it's not no. a huge role. It's not like a yeah. really hugely demanding role. He's just no. pretty sort of dry all the time it's and a good supporting role though it is a good like, supporting it, role because you remember yeah, him and you do. he's he's one of the villains really on screen him yeah. and eve which is uh, oh, it's difficult yeah. it's, <laughs> it's problematic i think because they are the outsiders as well and like yeah i also yeah there's a there's an undertone of they're not allowed in our gang or something yes. um that well i think both of them are gay coded, are homosexual coded. And I think at some point this might have been more explicit in the script. I don't know. But they're mm-hmm. definitely coded as homosexuals. And yeah. I think there's a certain amount of homophobia in the film, or at least yeah. in the script, because of that. Because to go on a bit of a weird tangent, at this time you have like the Red Scare and you have an, a thing called the Lavender Scare as well, which was particularly in Hollywood, which is about gays in Hollywood. And right. at the time... Okay. At the time, it was considered the same thing. It was like, so the idea of being like a communist and gay was almost like intertwined. So you have people going after communists at the same time going after gay people because they think they are like more communist. It's it's bonkers, but it existed. And this is right when this film's coming out. So the way they kind of like code the gay characters in this are like the enemy they are sneaky they're like cynical um they are like undermining to the heteronormative marriages both of them are uh the deal they make at the end is like alison makes with eve is not it's not um anything about sex it's about power it's almost like a beard relationship at the end which is like a lot of stuff was going on at this time, you know, people like Cary Grant had beard, beard marriages and stuff like that. So uh, that's clearly playing on that kind of element of it. Mm. They, um, Birdie describes Eve as like um, studying like a blueprint, which is kind of coding that kind of like, like spy kind of code of, of a way of looking at oh, kind of sure. homosexuals and stuff. I about that, but that's true, yeah. So there is, that's all kind of, I think, baked in the script. I think it is. Uh, I don't, think it's baked in Mankiewicz so much as it's baked in what Hollywood was kind of like if I'm honest yeah because I have to say that because I read some of the 
reviews and things and this this element came up and I was I mean maybe I was just being a bit dumb but I didn't spot it to start with at all and I just thought they are the outsiders and I did think there is this element of you know the couples are all allowed in the gang and that's okay you know and uh and I didn't necessarily see it as being a sort of homophobic thing to start with but when I read that I was like actually that makes a lot of sense when you look back at the at the way yeah. they, uh, like you say, that bit at the end, you know, where he's like, you belong to me. Yeah, that yeah. That was really, oh, I mean, I found it baffling anyway, um, because <laughs> yeah. I was like, why would you want to be with this woman? Yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then, but it's kind of hidden beneath the kind of, well, she is very pretty and it's a showpiece for him. But yeah. as you say, there's no romance in it. There's no hint of sexual attraction there. It is no. Just there's like no a hint pretense. of any kind of. There's no hint of even sexual kind of. Um, I don't know how to word it. Like assault or anything like no. that. No. It, it, there isn't any of that there. No, it's it's, so it's very simply like we're using each other. Yeah. For we'll, we'll to, for success together. Like, so yeah. That it, we've got that sort of um, public front. As, you know. Yeah. And I thought that was so interesting because I I hadn't necessarily put two and two together and spotted that and then when i read that review i was like um you know and the idea that that, that is linked to communism as well it's, <laughs> it's just bonkers. <laughs> bonkers isn't it but as you say they are set up as the kind of villains that are sort of there to undermine the marriages because she tries to not only break up margot and bill but then lloyd and karen as well and karen, she's like this yep you know she's just out yeah. to destroy all the marriages and it's like i mean that's and i like mean you Eve's... do think she's terrible but then you think well what, yeah. what are they saying with this you know what where is it and when you put that other slant on it do you wonder if that's what they were getting at and was it's that fear i think of, it's of that, you know? i think it's hard coded in the script i don't know how much it's hard coded as like a kind of as a homophobic statement i don't yeah. know if that exists but i think yeah. it's hard-coded in these script yeah. um and eve's sexuality isn't it's not explicit on screen but there is dialogue when margot basically i can't remember the exact phrasing of it but you would like to share a bed with me or something ah, like that and yes. and i'm, I'm not going to allow you or something yeah, or you know was, i wouldn't be up for that or something you like would it is bed, there. You? And she said, that's it like. yeah yeah Eve would gladly put me to bed or something. Yeah, yeah. Eve would gladly like, put me to bed. And she said, if you'd like. And she said, I would yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, and that's, yeah. Because she's, yeah. So, it's interesting. It's so interesting that that's, that's part of it as well. Yeah, and yeah. just kind of having to read through the limits of censors at the time and stuff like that and, and the way stuff, it's it's there. But mm. I think it would have been more explicit if that film was made today. It would just simply be more yeah. out. But if it was made today, you wouldn't be kind of having that kind of, beard relationship is what's coming out no, at the end of it no. that that is a that is a staple of 1950s hollywood yeah. so like it's it's in, interesting that it's a period piece because of that looking back like it, yeah. it works because yeah. it's set in the 50s because of that yeah absolutely. Um, absolutely to talk about like uh i was gonna say because you talked about karen a little bit and she's a really interesting character in the film as well because she also portrays another kind of problem problem yeah of 1950s women in the fact that you're coming out of the war period where women had a lot of rights like 
from like kind of gained a lot of rights and they kind of gained a lot of jobs and stuff like yeah. that but then the 50s came around again and it was this idea of a housewife again yeah and uh karen has that is that role in this as like having to take a like a back seat almost and a more kind of housewife role in her relationship mm, compared to all the other women on screen actually mm. and um and she gets both kind of criticized for that throughout the film but also then kind of also seen as like uh, a rewarded for that almost I think their so. marriage like, I think so I think she's rewarded actually she gets an award at the end doesn't she he, the <laughs> husband passes her the award for services oh yeah outstanding yeah. services or something because she put up with his nonsense um whereas he was <laughs> going to leave her for eve but um but also she's awarded a lot of airtime she's in a lot of scenes yeah um she is in a lot yeah like... for and it's something addison addison describes her as somebody who should never have been anywhere further forward in the theater than row e row um, e yes yeah. and she's mean uh, yeah really mean but brilliant i mean a brilliant line it's just like so cutting but but yeah, married the theatre. She wasn't theatre. She was. She'd married yeah. the theatre, and um, and so really, she wasn't that important because she's the housewife of of the writer. Very, you know, he's meant to be like one of the best writers of the time, isn't he? He's sort of up and coming writing star. Yeah. And um, and yeah, so she's sort of in his eyes fallen on that luck if you like and she doesn't really have a lot to to offer other than just her being a good housewife but as you say she is rewarded for it in a way even though she's criticized with the lines she's rewarded physically with the award and also mm-hmm. she's in most of the plot like she's in she's yeah. she's the reason that Margot misses her performance. She is exactly, yeah. You know. She's as kind of um, manipulating as anyone else, really. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But to kind of no one ever really knows her role in the whole thing, in the fact that she yeah. set it up, that she made Margot miss that performance. And, and yeah. the kind of blackmail that Eve tries to do on her mm. doesn't work even because, um, it, because Margot doesn't want the role. Like yeah. so, ultimately, like, yeah. um, it's the fact that Margot chooses that she doesn't care about that role is actually what undoes all of Eve's plans. Yeah, yeah. So much, which is a bit weird actually, because it means that Eve still manages to progress. Yeah. And and get the award at the end. Yeah. And it's actually all about well, it's all about Margot actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought that was really interesting at the end because you are just like as much as I quite, I mean, I have to say I quite liked Karen throughout it. I did think, mm. you know, she's... I did too. She, um, she does, she gives Eve a fair go. She doesn't jump to yeah. conclusions. But then as time goes on, she's not daft. She does see what's there. And, you know, when Lloyd is then, uh, I mean, Lloyd seems to fall so much for Eve um, and yes, all of her yeah. manipulations whereas Bill doesn't and you Bill know, doesn't yeah do Bill it. doesn't see it Bill still was right yeah. through her yeah whereas it, I thought it was interesting that the writer believes Eve's story because it's the person that would have written a woman like that do you know what it means yeah yeah, so yeah thought, absolutely her fake story and her like he yeah, wants her... to believe that woman exists he wants to believe yes. that very humble very 
you know, oh, I'm only as good as your words. You know, he wants to believe that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm I'm so I'm so innocent, and I've come out of like nowhere, America. Like, she's not smart enough to manipulate things or anything. No, that story is his ideal, isn't it? And that's why I love. Yeah, you're right. Which I thought was a really clever thing um, in the script that they'd made the writer the the gullible one, if you like. Yes. Yeah. um, But then when Karen turns around to Lloyd and he's like you're gonna give it she calls it like a worm you're gonna give it the role to that little worm or something and I was like oh <laughs> so she hasn't missed it okay she, yeah yeah because yeah, 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 yeah. she thought she'd been kind of like really sweet to Eve she'd given her loads of chances she hadn't been as uh scathing of her as say Birdie saw her, saw it straight away and yeah Birdie, Birdie had been there like. yeah Birdie saw it straight away but then you know, you thought, oh, Karen has got a lot of patience for her. But then as soon as it threatens potentially her position, she felt threatened maybe because they'd been speaking and, you know, uh, there was that, oh, yes, yeah, she came to see me to talk about the role. And and also, obviously, her friend as well, because that role, the role yeah. of Cora was promised Margot. You yeah. see, she comes out of her shell and actually she has this, um, you know, she she's quite tough as well. And which, yeah. you know... I, I didn't mind. I thought that was quite good. Uh, yeah. You know, um, but it's interesting the part, obviously she plays a role in this and the role is the the housewife. And actually, potentially, she's capable of a lot more, but... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah so but she's, she's chosen a different... I wonder if the script would say she chose happiness or something, but I don't think that actually works yeah. so much. Because there is that... Is it... I think it's the right Lloyd who says it to Margot, like you have every reason for happiness except happiness. Yeah. Is the yeah. is the kind of phrase that she after they they're writing and arguing about this point. That's when like she's like, uh, what is it with it with actresses? Like you say words and you think you they belong oh, to you or something, yes. or, um, and you're just a voice with a body yes. or something. Oh, is yeah, that which I think is, is brilliant. It's, it's so brutal, absolutely, and brutal. it so works with Betty Davis as well as an actress who who mm. did embody her characters she mm. took scripts and rewrote them you know like Carrie Fisher did she, <laughs> she 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 would take something and say this isn't good enough I'm rewriting it and stuff and that yeah. whole argument is the writers yelling at Betty Davis saying like why do you <laughs> think you can do this you know and they're the ones in the wrong like it's yeah. that's the thing like yeah. and that's the, that that scene as you say probably because it comes from a real genuine place and passion on Betty Davis's side that you know, she's had these conversations and arguments in real yeah. life before, you <laughs> yeah. know, and it just is so brilliant. And, uh, yeah. She uh, has that cutting remark about every playwright should be dead for 300 years or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, that. that's who should we should be doing the scripts of. They shouldn't be around on set or something. Yeah, like it's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's wonderful. She's wonderful. It's a, yeah, it's it's a showpiece for her. But, um, but yeah, and I'm just, and also... Um, just thinking back to like Marilyn's role in this and just, I mean, I heard, I, I read somewhere that Marilyn and her actually argued on, or she yep. snapped at Marilyn. Yes. Uh, I've got, I've got what she said. Like, uh, yeah. so um, when they first, everyone was arguing this film. I've got mm. some more lines as well. No one liked each other. I think that's just how <laughs> Betty ran a set. Like, but um. She saw Marilyn and in earshot, she said, that little blonde slut can't act away out of paper bag. 
which is just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> and then afterwards, they were doing a scene together, and she said, "I know you and that little kitten voice of yours is is so lousy because you never trained it the proper way an actress should train it, or something." And that meant Marilyn just ran away, and she was like crying in a in a dressing room or something like that. Like oh, Betty was mean, oh, <laughs> like yeah. she was. Oh, like yeah. I mean, and uh, her and sorry, go on. No, I I mean no, carry on because uh, yeah, I. Just I was gonna say Betty and Celeste home and Celeste played Karen. Mm. Um Betty said that filming all about Eve was a happy experience. The only bitch in that cast was Celeste Home. <laughs> <laughs> I mean and I Cel- <laughs> find that very hard to believe, babe. But okay. I, I just I love her. I love her. And, I, and then sure. Celeste home on on Betty Davis was um the first day on set I said good morning to Betty Davis and she responded, Oh shit, good manners. And I never spoke to her again. <laughs> so I think like that's that's uh, that's the kind of set you're having at the moment. So. Tense, isn't it? I mean, as much as it's it's so interesting, isn't it? Because Karen has that line, doesn't she? What's what's attractive on stage isn't necessarily attractive off yes. stage. And and yeah. I wonder if that's actually you know because we all think we love Betty Davis, but if we actually met her, you know, and and she was behaving like that, or was she? <laughs> just in character you know and that's the that's well, the yeah, thing that's, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. was she yeah. just a, a method actor and she was just you know an early method actor and she was just on i don't think you would time. never give women the uh um credit for being method acting around then anyway but you see that's and that's the so thing, that's the, that's it? the thing as well so because i mean it, she actually does sound like an absolute nightmare on this film but you think <laughs> she can't have been that bad all the time because she wouldn't no. have worked at all. Like, I think, I think, what? no, exactly. Um, and I think, like, you start seeing these stories, and I think it particularly it's always about women. Like, yes, um, yeah. that these stories are always about women. You get the same stories about men, but they're, they're applauded for it. Mm. Um, and they're always described as, we've dealt, you know, a lame mate, same thing, difficult, mm. hard to deal with. Oh. And it just meant that someone had an opinion, you know, and... Yeah maybe maybe she had just learned through her like 20 years or 30 years in the business she'd been acting forever yeah. that this is the way that she gets shit done yeah. like when she's on set like yeah. she she doesn't make friends with people she doesn't suffer fools yeah she just she's hard-edged and she just keeps that distance from people mm. she doesn't want people to get too close to her or something maybe that's just what she learned and like think, it was you yeah, know I, I mean this you know obviously you can only defend so far but you know that whole comment yeah. she makes to Marilyn about her voice I mean as an actress how she is her career is on the way down and Marilyn's is on the way up and seeing Marilyn mm-hmm. as somebody who has basically been put together by the studios you know I mean sure her voice, as the next she, next you know, MGM blonde almost yeah, like. yeah, yeah she was that's you know that's what they were doing they were literally creating yeah. um oh who's the actress they made her in the shape of in the 30s i can't remember exactly um, i know exactly who you mean but yeah you know there's what? a there's yeah. a lot of them but yeah yeah and her voice was trained she'd you know she'd had little tweaks done to her face you know and not yeah, sure. i mean i love marilyn i, I absolutely love her yeah. but yeah, yeah but as another actress seeing this you think you are only here because you look a certain way and yeah you know and that must have been frustrating to her and then seeing her maybe not because apparently Marilyn 
was so nervous she couldn't act very well but, but I sure think she's i can imagine i think she's brilliant i think she's film, brilliant yeah i do but i think yeah. the first couple of takes apparently she was so scared of betty and, and the environment that she actually couldn't get her words out properly and she couldn't do what she needed to do don't blame so, her at all yeah and that's it you can't blame her but no you can also see betty's like oh for god's sake this amateur you know you know and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i can yeah. sort of see why she feels like that i don't think it's right to necessarily express it in the way she did and, oh absolutely and definitely not. yeah i think that's not helpful at all but that you can sort of see why she's frustrated and, and yeah, yeah you know but um, and like but, not davis she knew what she looked like as well not to say that she's not beautiful like like i don't mean that but when she got her like her her i think she made comments about her poached egg eyes all the time or something. I think that was a, that's a Betty Davis kind of comment that I know. Like she kind of like she knew what she looked like and she expressed that on screen more. I think sometimes she just didn't. I think there's a bit of like seeing the kind of young kind of put together people annoys her a little bit. It's like where she, yeah. on screen Betty's going for a little more realism. Even say in this film, there's a lot of her stripped to that makeup, a lot of her looking mm. a lot rougher. She does look a bit older than I think she actually looked in real life. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that is, if it's makeup or what, but like, mm. or at least just maybe allowing herself to be lit that way. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But there's Absolutely. there's a certain amount of vulnerability she's putting on screen here that I think she probably got annoyed if she's not seeing it another way or something maybe that was a thing with betty davis yeah, i don't no, know I, can't no, get inside her head but yeah like. i mean gosh, yeah you, she's fascinating she's absolutely fascinating because of these kind of on-screen off-screen sort of politics that she obviously created you know on the set created, yeah yeah crazy but um but yeah like you say i mean it's not like she didn't use her looks her eyes are used to full effect all the time yes. it's just probably yeah. because as fashions were changing things were changing her looks not necessarily the looks that were desirable come the 50s which is where marilyn's sort of look really takes over you know and whereas in her time just you know we're still in the um you know in the 30s and 40s those big wired eyes were yeah, hugely yeah. attractive and yeah you know so it's the same thing, you know, really. She's doing, she's done the same thing in the past. She's used her looks yes. to full effect. But it's just that now things have changed and it's sort of being left behind a little bit potentially. And, uh, yeah. It's just, it's funny seeing that real, that real element of that kind of young actress coming up in the same mm-hmm. film that's about that. It's it's yeah. kind of funny. Like it's, 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 yeah. it's, 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 and I don't know, well, art imitating life or life imitating art. It's mm. there. You have the younger actress coming into this same film and you have the older actress that hasn't really been very successful for many years yeah. coming into this and just giving a tour de force of acting. Yeah. I think that's what's astonishing about this is you have both the younger actresses coming into this mm. and the older one is just killing it. Oh, like yeah. in every every scene, just killing it. Yeah. Like and, and showing I, why yeah. this is important. Like and showing why you don't just throw women away at like yeah. thirty and that's, and or I something. Think, like. I think that's one thing that you can take away from this film is that she did every woman a favor by performing yeah. it in this way because she's not trying to be nice and sweet and gentle. Like they wanted, like you say, they wanted to make her a bit more genteel, didn't they? To start with, the, the original script was much yeah, more forgiving. Script. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and actually by playing it in this way she's she's really given a gift to actresses coming forward because 
you see what's so special about her, you know. And obviously yeah. that's that's Mankiewicz's choice as well to make her this, sure. you know, wonderful. And like Bill says about her, doesn't he? He says, you know, you're you're talented and you're intelligent and you're a woman, you're an actress at the peak of her career or something, at the top of her career. So, I mean, that's a great thing to be saying that at this time and to try and to be pushing that forward. So that's a real, I think that's a real gift that, they, yeah. they give her as a, you know as a character and she but she makes the most of it as we as we know i mean i think um eve who's it's Anne baxter isn't it i Anne mean baxter yeah i think she's i think she's great in it i think she has a really difficult role actually and she I does think, yeah um, i think it doesn't help her actually because no. she's a bit too silent and a bit too reserved in a performance but yeah. i think that's part of the performance i think that's yeah i think like so she's meant to be kind of hiding yeah. like herself on screen yeah um i don't know if you're about to say this sorry if I, but like the moment when she does drop that facade mm. just after she tries to talk to you know, tries to kind of seduce bill mm. and bill rejects her and she just lashes out with like just fury like and it's she wants to tear the wig and she wants to explode on screen Mm. and then addison knocks on the door and she suppresses everything again Mm. it just shows that she is putting on it she is performing in this it's just unfortunately it's one of those roles that i think is a little more muted because of that Mm. but i think she does it very well and i think yeah and i think because it is it is hard to make those roles something special do you know when you are basically keeping everything in you know that's quite yeah, quite creepy yeah. but um but no i think she does do it very well because she is quite creepy at times you know you see her looking and she's got this look in her eyes that at times it's a hungry look so intense yeah, yeah 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 and it almost you know she almost like glazes over as she's staring at you know bill asleep in the chair i think to be quite near the beginning yes um, yes and it's just this kind of, you're like what is she planning like it's quite it is quite scary and um but you don't know if you're because th- i remember like thinking oh maybe i'm just being jumping to conclusions she's just you're, she's just a absolutely. crazy man you know she just yeah. really likes me with these people and then yeah it's only very gradually you're like oh oh these are red flags it's like um the phone call to her to bill that she sets up yeah i think that was the the worst thing i was like that's weird i remember when i first saw it i i didn't see anything in that apart from her trying to be helpful oh really like her legitimately just trying like being a bit of a crap pa and legitimately trying to be helpful is how i first read it and then i saw it now Mm. and i was like no 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 she's she's purposefully like catching Margaret off guard waking her up so she's ruining her sleep and stuff like that like she's she's purposely kind of chipping away at Margot like little bits little bits and knowing how to do it and also it's just it's just overstepping the mark that's her yes of course yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I just for me I was like that was when I first went oh that would that would really annoy me. Like I would be yeah. really, like all the rest of it. You can kind of put down to oh she's just a fan or she's just sweet and you know young. And then I was like, no, you do not phone my man for me in the middle of the night. No, <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> like <laughs> do you know? Like I just was like, yeah, that's when. I, and I think it's into like Mar- That's when Margot sort of has a moment of 
that's the first one yeah, yeah. which is probably and like hang like, on wait a minute that's not okay she's brilliant actually she wakes up <laughs> it's like the middle of the night for her yeah she has this phone call and then just lights a cigarette and sits up in bed like, <laughs> like she smokes in every scene <laughs> i don't think she ever not has a cigarette on even like I when know. she's woke up at 2 a.m or something she's still she smoking it look like so this. good it's like oh <laughs> why, why can't it just be healthy you all look so glamorous as that but um but yeah, I just think, um, yeah, that there's that bit because, and also, yeah, I mean, I love the bit where she's like forgotten his birthday clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's her prerogative to forget his birthday. It's how their relationship works. Do you know what I mean? Like, he he knows she's forgotten it anyway. Yeah, 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 know, yeah. And that's who she is. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and for. Yeah, for Eve to get in the middle of that, I think is just yeah. It's it's. I love that. that it shows like. I love that it shows her naivety about relationships. Yes. Like she thinks every single relationship is, I'm sexy. I can get in the middle of it. And what I really like about Bill and Margot is that actually they do really like each other. Yeah. They're just they just argue now and again, and it's Margot and and it and she's so like highly strung that Bill knows that she's gonna have a party where she kind of loses it a little bit and you yeah. know sits by the piano and has too many martinis but that's her and they'll get through it like and it's fine I, and I just I do like how that is a strong element of their relationship in this and not like a criticism Absolutely. like it's just it's yeah. just you're reading this wrong because you aren't seeing them at all times you're just seeing this kind of frustration at the moment but you're yeah. not seeing the whole relationship and yeah and that's that's such a I think it's a screenwriting thing that you don't see a lot because you don't with screenwriting you it's about economy isn't it and mm. you can't afford to show everything that you need to see and this film knows that and uses it well um and that's why the scripts are so strong in that element yeah. that you are flipping all the time flipping in your head like is Eve that bad is she really that bad or is she yeah. is just is Margot just like too highly strong or is Bill falling for her or is he not? Is Lloyd mm. falling for her or is he not? Is Karen on her side? Is she Karen not like yeah. Margot? And it, it has all those elements to that. And it's all just in that interplay as mm. well. It's very it's very cleverly done, very subtle. I mean, I, I wrote mm. down, because I was making some notes, because you know, I like to write things down. But um, <laughs> after Eve's performance and Bill goes in, to see her and he's the director that's a normal thing to do she's just been an understudy and gone on you know that's not like unusual at all the director would no. go and say well done you stepped up to the mark you did a good job you know? yeah so that's not like he was you know after her in any way and um and then she i don't know whether she misreads his sort of saying well done or whether she yeah, just has always yeah, yeah, planned yeah. this we don't know really. yeah yeah but, um then comes on to him and and he says, I'm in love with Margot, didn't you know? Like, and I just thought, I wrote, yay, Bill, we love Bill. <laughs> like, because, yeah. you know, it's that she literally is like, you could just, I'm here for you. You can take me if yeah. you want me to, you know, if you want to. And they've already, him and Margot already on rough, a rough patch yeah. at this point. But he, he doesn't just chuck it in and he doesn't just go for her. He's like, no, I am actually in love with Margot. Like, yeah i haven't just like hitched my wagon to margot for a career or something like it's yeah yeah yeah. and why would i throw that in just just for this like brief affair or whatever and i just thought that was so good because i think it could so easily be all the men are taken in 
all the men are yes. bad characters, you know. And, yeah, you know, yeah. it's so easy of being uh, that kind of thing. And actually, they're not. And and there is a real love between Margot and, and him. Um, it's difficult, but it's there. It's real. It's there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think, and I do think that's why, you know, Margot does definitely come out as the kind of winner of the whole situation, really, even though she is the older woman, which is what is so nice i think to see because that isn't always the case you know in in films a lot of the time it isn't that way it's the younger woman that you know in these stories that does okay or you know it's yeah so i like as well like you'd be tempted and maybe this is a thing because it's in the 50s but you'd be tempted to write eve as more um psychopathic I think yeah. might be the the word like like heighten that as it, as the film goes on and get it more extreme and maybe even get it more like dangerous or something like that you'd be tempted to kind of high like really heighten that like a kind of like a lot of the films in the 90s were you know that kind of thing like single yeah. white female yeah. and stuff like that yeah. but like um they don't do that and they keep it a level like she's not she's just like she is you know quite unhinged let's say or mm. quite vicious but they 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 keep it at a realistic level that doesn't go too kind of out there yeah. to the point that at the end of the film, she gets the award for actress, you know, and yeah. they were just still sitting there going, look at that fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas it's not like she's not arrested or something at the yeah. end of the film. She's not put away. It's, yeah. it's not, she didn't do anything illegal. She's just like yeah. really just, really just kind of, try to ruin these people's lives really for her own success really and i think it's really interesting because obviously you know there's all these stories isn't there in hollywood and in the industry as a whole but everyone else in that room when she wins the best actress sarah siddons award or whatever it is um yeah i wrote that down actually (laughs) and then the sarah siddons award for distinguished achievement in the theater oh there we go (laughs) so she um she wins that and everybody else in the room applauds her thinks she's incredible you know and it's that thing isn't it of the industry where people can love people in the industry because of what they do and barely know who they are and actually barely even know anything about them but they're like oh she's fantastic oh we love her um and actually you know the four people in the room that know her or is it four or five people in the room that know her actually know she's not that great really and yeah uh, yeah and I thought that was a really interesting thing at the end and it's only the people that don't really know her that are clapping for her and and happy for her and how much that's a reflection of the industry potentially or that they're trying to say about the industry and uh yeah, yeah. so I thought that was quite and she she thanks everyone in the room but Addison is that right she does she thank Margot I can't remember yeah that. no she doesn't thank Addison down, but I, I seem to remember that like yeah she thanks Margot. She thanks Karen. Yeah, she thanks everyone but Addison, but Addison. and Addison's actually kind of the person who. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I Which mean, I just thought was an interesting way of writing that end bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Probably because, as a theatre critic, he wouldn't have been that popular with a lot of people in the room, potentially. And so, no. <laughs> so if she if she attaches a bit herself a, too um, much to him, he's a, he's weird enough for like a. Yeah, she would look bad out of that. Yeah. She's weird enough, like, he's like a... He's, he's weird because he's also a critic, but he's almost like a gossip columnist as well. Yeah. Which I was associated with a much more modern kind of, like, 
like yeah. uh, journalism. But clearly, even back then, it was a thing that he's really just like a bit of a gossip columnist writing all these kind of slaving comments about the people who are acting in the industry, not really reviewing the theatre. No, the that's it. Way. Yeah, it's more about the gossip backstage than... And uh, so I did wonder if it was just more about who she wants yeah. to be associated with and as, a, so, as opposed to who's actually her friend at this moment in time, which is probably just Addison. Um, you know, and, and maybe Lloyd yeah. as well. I think Lloyd probably still yeah. is friends with her, but, you know, it's caused problems in his house and with his wife. Yes, because so. they're working together. Yeah, yeah, they're working together and, and with Bill, yeah, but yeah. Bill doesn't really like her. And, you know, it's that kind of thing. Um, but... No. Yeah, so I just think that was that was quite interesting to sort of see how to show the kind of fakeness of it. And I thought her speech was really cringy, like it was, and deliberately so. Like I don't think I think it was yes. written that way. I think it was acted that way. It was yeah. so painfully long, and it was just like, oh, she's just saying thank you to all these people who don't <laughs> like her. Like just stop it. But I thought that was really like. It was that like meant to represent the Oscars speeches and you know that kind of thing so it felt true it did yeah 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 Yeah, totally (laughs) and the one person who was actually there for her she doesn't even acknowledge and it's like oh okay yeah so and she actually says about Addison when Karen and her are talking in the toilets doesn't she say I wish he were dead like he actually actually says something like that like I wish he was dead like so it dramatic like and that. it's so yeah, harsh yeah, yeah and she said oh i wish you were, you guys were my friends or you used to be my friends i want my friends back and karen says well you've got addison yeah do you remember do you remember that bit i was go- so i was gonna say that like it's it's what i think's really funny about the film is that she almost doesn't know when she's trying to infiltrate that group whether she wants to be friends with them or she wants to be a starlet yeah. Like she wants to kind, she wants both of that. She kind of wants to be around that table having a champagne toast with them, but she can't have that and then be the new starlet. That those those two worlds can't coexist. So it's like at some point she loses that friendship to go for the starlet, and then she ends up alone, you know, and isolated yeah. and with this abusing man. Like so, it's yeah. it's it's like it's almost like a monkey paw kind of careful what you want like careful what you kind of go for whereas you could have easily just been sitting around enjoying champagne and chatting and going to parties and all that rest of it but you (laughs) abandoned all that because you tried to stab everyone in the back like Mm -hmm. so it's 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 yeah it's very yeah it's very interesting did you notice as well liam on the on on the um poster for all about eve marilyn's face is right at the front did you see that I didn't see that. No, like it's really weird. It's I I looked at it and I was like, this is quite spooky that they're like, and here's the next one coming up, like in the front of the pose, like it's just her eye. (laughs) It's about this much, but it's it's definitely Marilyn Monroe's eye, and it's like she's right at the front, and it's like I just found it. I don't know. It's like has it already been decided that she's going to be the next big thing? That's weird. You know. Right yeah, I wonder strange. if that was the original post or maybe a later release or something. But I that's wondered really that odd. as well. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I just saw it and I was. <laughs> no, like, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's the original poster. You're is right. it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's quite creepy. I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've decided that is this really is bizarre. the next one. Yeah, that is <laughs> creepy. <laughs> yeah. So it was like quite an interesting little thing to do with it, but yeah. I say, funny enough. Uh, um, Later in Betty Davis's career, this is the 80s when she's doing TV, there's a 
she did a TV show called Hotel, and uh, she gets sick on set and never comes back. Yeah, she gets replaced by Anne Baxter in that show. So it's it's and so it's quite funny that like later on in her career she actually gets replaced by Anne Baxter in a in a show. <laughs> I, d- I doubt there was the animosity there, but it's just quite funny yeah. how that happens later on. Like, yeah. I mean, because Anne Baxter in this is 27, isn't it? She's not young, young. She's like, you know, she's not like 20. She's she is actually 27. She's playing 24, but she is sure. 27. So she's not you know, stupidly young. She's still, you know, a mature. Well, not mature yeah, but she's, she's not a, a teen woman. Or she's a woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's not like a, a kid or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're both they're they're ex. It's an excellent cast, really, all round. You know, and and yeah. Max, the producer's a comedy. It's element. actually the most amount of women that ever been nominated for a single film as well. You see, yeah, I I saw I saw that, but they didn't win, did they? The women in it, none of the women won for it, did they? No. No. And that's, no, they didn't. Yeah. Which I think is that's the crime. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they, they're all very good in it you know and uh yeah Karen yeah because yeah, Celeste Holm gets nominated as well isn't she for supporting I think I think so yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but um yeah great film great film but anyway we haven't we haven't gone through the plot exactly beat by beat but I think we've hit everything it's yeah, I think, I think so there, have you got any kind of final thoughts or anything or um, I think it's. I just think it's such an interesting film, where we could probably talk about it all day. Of just the the themes in it, and the yeah. um, <laughs> you know the 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 role of women in in a career sense, and uh, you know, and and Hollywood and the state of Hollywood, and the society of the time. But and and so much of it rings true now. You know, as we've talked about. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything mm. else. You know, what do you any any other things that you think we haven't we haven't quite touched on or anything? The only thing I say is, I think it probably plays a little differently to you if you watch it as like a twenty year old, or if you watch it as like you know approaching forty or something. I think it probably plays slightly different in yeah. your head, and I think um that's what's really strong about the film, and I think. Uh, not a film that a lot of people talk to me about funny it's not one of the things that people often mention i think but it's a film that i think everyone who has ever seen it seems to love it like so it's 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 there you know in in, in the kind of background but i am um, yeah i really it's such a strong film and i just love watching those performances betty davis particularly i think just mm. i just love watching all of it and I think it's such a joy to watch, really. And a more complicated film than I think I give you credit for. I think um, it's, uh, you know, even like the kind of the fasten your seatbelt, it's going to be a bumpy ride kind of line. It's actually like, uh, it's not as like prominent in the film as I would think it is, knowing that line later on. It's actually kind of, it's just part of the kind of script. It's part of the scene. It's part of everything. Everything is folded in and nicely like textured in a, mm-hmm. in such a good way definitely um, yeah i love it <laughs> yeah i love it i mean it's so skillfully written and i think you know brilliantly written and performed yeah yeah so yeah well we'll uh we'll call it an end there thank you so much for joining oh, me again thank you and, uh, no, I've, I've i'm sure like a... you'll be back very soon <laughs> i can't remember what is it 
I think we have you touch touch of evil. Is that it? Touch I think of it's evil, coming yeah. at Orson Welles. So, so yeah, that'll be fun. I look, yeah, I think it is. So I look forward to kind of you having you back, like, um, and yeah, look forward to watching you. more stuff like that. So thank you so much, and Aww. I hope lockdown isn't too dreadful. <laughs> Same. I hope, I hope you get to move from the desk at some point, and you know, peek outside a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> not just. <chained laughs> but no, it's it. been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. It's been so lovely to actually. Uh, go through such a wonderful film I mean what a treat really to to be able to delve into it such de- detail and and yeah it's been lovely so thank you thank you so much and uh, yeah we'll see you soon and yeah. uh, I'll do that thing Ollie does to wrap up with so uh, please uh, rate, review and subscribe to us you can you can subscribe anywhere where you get podcasts like Apple Podcasts uh, Spotify and YouTube and a host of other sites uh, if you enjoy what we do, please rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Twitter or at your tracking. That's your with a YR. And um, if the picture's bad, just your tracking. I think that's what he says. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>